It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Swiss Army Nye, and you are listening to Locked On Auburn. We're fixing to have us a good day. Welcome on in to the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Presented by our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. They are true Auburn folks. They are truly parts of the community. They are not like Grubhub or Uber Eats. They actually care about you. They care about their drivers because they hire their drivers. They're not just, you know, some contractors. Then they just kind of send requests to their phone. They actually hire these people and keep them in-house. And that allows them to control the delivery experience and maintain standards. And you can tell. Just give them a try. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free on the free FetchMe app or FetchMeDelivery.com. Once again, FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. They also send you a coupon on your birthday. How about that? Yeah, they're very nice. How about that? We love FetchMe. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I'm Zach Blackerby. Michael Pappas with me as he is most days. Highly encourage you, if you haven't already, to check out our two-part episodes uh, Friday and yesterday, Tuesday. Uh, most uh, players most likely to break out for Auburn football in 2020. Stirred up some controversy on Twitter. Gotta love that. And then today's episode, we're going to play part one of our conversation with Spencer Nye. Who was on, spoiler alert, on my breakout players list. How about that? Yeah, he was from Texas. You just named all the Texas players. Um, Before we jump into that, let's talk a little bit about Auburn basketball. They took care of business last night. There were some people freaking out when it got within three in the second half. And I'm like, guys, Auburn is not losing to this Ole Miss team at home. It's just not going to happen. It ended up being correct. And they actually ended up covering the spread. Mm -hmm. Depends. Well, I shouldn't say that. So it opened at eight and a half. It dropped to nine. I got it at nine and was pumped because, like, that's a good number for it's a better number for I bet on Ole Miss. So it was a better number for Ole Miss. And then it was at eight and a half for most of the day. So I guess it's like depending on where you got it. Okay. That's they fair covered enough. by half. A, so I pushed my bet. Thanks a lot, yeah. Auburn. All right. So uh, Isaac Okoro made his return. A lot of folks excited about that, as they should be an efficient three or four from the floor for 10 points. Just played 27 minutes. And I think that's a mixture of a few things. One, easing him back in, getting ready for Kentucky. But a lot of the starters played a little bit less than they typically do. Um, and I think that's really because Anthony McLemore, Jalen Williams, and Devin Cambridge, and uh, I mean, and Alan Flanagan got nine minutes as well. But Jalen Williams got 13. Devin Cambridge got 16. I mean, these are going to be guys that are going to be key parts of the rotation moving forward. So, uh, and, I, and I loved everything that I saw from Jalen Williams. I think he is going to be a staple for Auburn basketball for a long time. Or not for that long because he'll go pro. One or I, the other. I don't think he's going to be quite good enough to go pro. You know what I mean? I think he's going to be a four-year guy, and then maybe he gets a chance across seas or something. I just don't think he's going to be quite good enough to make it to the NBA. So that, that's, why, that's why I say that. Okay. 
Um, I think he's going to be like Anthony Macklemore uh, as far as just like a really good college basketball player. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just a vibe I get. I could be wrong. And from Auburn's standpoint, like hopefully he is better. And from Jalen's standpoint, hopefully he is better. Um, and, and, you know, good enough. But I think he's going to be one of the best players um, on Auburn ba- Auburn basketball's team for a long time. He and Devin are going to grow up together at Auburn, and they're mm-hmm. going to be very, very good by the time they're done. I agree. Uh, I was really impressed with all the role players last night. They all played really well. Uh, you mentioned Okoro's minutes. Bruce said, I think both before and after the game, that he was planning on playing Isaac uh, for about 16 minutes. And then since the game was close and Isaac was playing really well and he felt really good, um, he let him play more. And this was the best first half that Auburn has played in a month and maybe all season. Mm-hmm. Um, they had not been winning by five points at halftime since the Iowa State game, which was a month ago. Uh, they were up by, was it 10 at halftime, something like that. So it was really straight from the jump. Uh, and Ole Miss, credit to Auburn. The defense played really well. They played incredibly well on Tyree again. Uh, he played really, really poorly. Mm-hmm. And... Auburn forced a bunch of turnovers at the beginning and, and kept them in the game. They still didn't shoot super well from three, but... They're not going to. And the announcers kept saying, like, why are they... You know why they're, like, charging out at guys shooting 25% from the three-point line, talking about guys like McCormick or um, or Okoro? And the announcers were saying, like, because they know that a switch could flip and this Auburn team could get hot from behind the arc and just like just start pumping in three-pointers. And now I don't think we've necessarily seen that, but Dowdy shot over 40% last year, so you know he can make it. Sure. We've seen uh, Cambridge unload for six of seven in a game before, so you know he can make them. Sure. Um, we all know what McCormick's been able to do at the end of the, a few of these close games where he makes three or four in a row. So I guess we know he can make them, even though he doesn't do it at a super high clip. Yeah. And uh, Jamal Johnson, over 40%. Macklemore, I think, is between 33 and 36 for his career. So you know he – I mean, it's kind of like you go down the roster and you know most of these guys can make three-pointers. They're just not right now. And so maybe going down the stretch, we'll see a switch flip. I doubt it, but maybe we will. Maybe we will, yeah. And we will need to see that happen in order for Auburn to win – on the road in Rupp on Saturday. I think that's going to kind of come down to is Auburn a one seed or a two seed. Um, and even if they do win, they still may be a two seed. We'll see. Uh, in in regards the SEC tournament. SEC yeah. tournament. I think Auburn's a four or a five, no matter what, in the SC, in the NCAA tournament, unless they do something crazy. Um, I'd be surprised if they could get up to a three. I, re- I really would be surprised. Uh, I think they'd have to beat Kentucky on Saturday. You got to win out and then you've got to make a deep run in the SEC you, tournament. You'd have to pick up a quad one win, which means you'd probably have to beat either LSU. The only three well, the only three teams that would be a quad one home game um in the SEC is Auburn, Kentucky and LSU. And so they make the decision and turn everything in like before the tournament's over, before the SEC tournament's over. So like winning it doesn't even really getting to the final help matters. You. Getting to the finals is really all that matters for that. Yeah. 
If you want a banner, of course, you need to win it. But as far as seeding in the tournament... Which really means Auburn would need LSU to be third, and then they'd have to beat LSU. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's... I don't know if any. I don't know what neutral court quad one is, and, and that's assuming that's enough. I mean, we'll we'll see, we'll see. I, I just don't think I don't think Auburn could be a three seed at this point. I think they are a four seed, and if they stumble a little bit late, I think they're a five seed. But by the way, that's okay. It doesn't. Re- there's not a huge difference between a three and a five in the tournament. I think Auburn's okay. Well, between a three and a five is pretty big. Because as a three seed, you don't have to play. Maybe the- I'm numb to that just because of like the gauntlet that Auburn did last year. And it's like, ah, it's not going to be worse than that. <laughs> as a three seed, you don't have to play the one seed till the Elite Eight. Sure. Um, if you're a four or a five, you have to play the one seed in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Just worry about yourself. Don't yeah. worry about who you got to I mean, play. That is, that's the difference. But there's not really a difference between a four and a five, so... All right, so coming up, our conversation, the first part of our conversation with the Swiss Army and I, all that coming up next right here on Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we're hanging out with Spencer Nye today on the show. Spencer, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. So you've kind of been the, I think Michael said it best earlier, you've kind of been the spirit animal of the podcast. I know you had no idea that this show existed, and that's perfectly fine, but you, uh, you're actually the first person to come on the show after winning a, a Locked on Auburn podcast award for best nickname. So you are the, uh, the Swiss Army. Now, are you okay with that? Are you cool with that one? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I okay. Like it. I like it. <laughs> so I think my favorite thing uh, as far as covering your, you and, and you know, the, the team while you were there was when you showed up to a press conference in your uh, pajama pants and the Crocs. Is that um, – why don't more players do that? Because that was awesome. I don't know. That's just – pajama pants are, like, definitely my thing. Uh, I literally have, like, 12 to 15 pairs. I almost wore them. Really? Morning. Yeah. I don't know. I just – when you're picking out a pair of pajama pants, what do you look for in them? What are some of the, the key traits? The price. <laughs> Cheapest ones. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, Michael, you've got a bunch of questions written out. You, you prepped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've prepared for this. Yep. I read one article, watched a video, so I'm ready to rock. Okay. All right. Well, let's start with one. Okay. I got to start here, Spencer. Uh, in the like the official Auburn Tigers bio write up about you you have a quote it is everyone always says there's nothing like texas high school football and i agree with that but i'm quite a bit outnumbered here in alabama so i don't talk about it too much um i'm also from texas oh my god so we actually outnumber the alabamian right now it's true so i just want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about that <laughs> that's funny but uh no i just you think have that- no idea how funny it is actually <laughs> But, uh, no, I think that it's just kind of like, I mean, I guess there's a few states like California, Florida, like some of them compare, but I just think the way that they like do it is just like completely different. Like from like, even starting in seventh grade, like you're like, whatever, constantly like lifting weights, like doing a lot of things like that, that like these other stations, just like you're way more developed and it's just like, whatever, some of the stadiums there, it's like absolutely insane. Like they're like college type stadiums. So I just think that 
it's a lot bigger than anywhere else, but mm-hmm. no no reason to talk about it here because they, they don't they don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, and you you brought up how you know in Texas they've got college quality weight rooms at a lot of high schools, and um, I was looking at uh, at your highlight tape, like I said from high school, and, and on your huddle page it said. Um, some of your weightlifting numbers from, I assume, when you were a senior in high school. And you benched 400 pounds as a senior in high school? Yeah, I think that I hit 400 in high school for sure. What are you bench now? It, it's not gone up a whole lot. Like, I'm a little, now I've like trimmed a little bit. Like, I'm a little bit smaller since switching from uh, defense to offense, but it's, it's a similar number, probably between 400 and 415. Okay. All right, still wildly impressive, probably more than um, I could dream to put up. In high school, like you said, you played defense. You played uh, defensive line. You were the district MVP two years in a row. Uh, how did you end up playing fullback at Auburn? So I came here as a D lineman to play like interior D line, and I got up to like I was probably I was around two hundred ninety pounds. But uh, so that first fall camp, my freshman year. We, it was maybe three padded practices in and whatever. We were just doing some drills, and I guess that Coach Malzahn wanted to see if I could help on the offensive side of the ball. And so he just walked up to me one day when I was in the cold tub, and he was like, you ever played offense? And I'm like, I mean, I have a little bit, yeah, but I, mean, I, I just wanted to do whatever I could to help. So that's that's what I ended up. He literally changed me the next day. and I, So that's why I was 99 was because I was 99 on defense. And it just kind of like stuck. I kept the number and whatever. I, I thought it was cool the whole time. So <laughs> that's how it kind of happened. Yeah, we thought it was cool. Also, did you get recruited to play defensive line anywhere? Because I know you walked on here at Auburn. So did you have offers to play defensive line? I mean, I watched your your highlight tape. You were ragdolling kids left and right. So I <laughs> assume so. <laughs> yeah, I had a few. I, I had... Uh, UTEP and Army were like my two D1 offers and then like everywhere smaller but nowhere really big like nobody recruited me that heavily like at bigger schools and places that I wanted to go and thought that I could play so this is why I ended up coming here what all we covered I had to go fix something at the radio station Uh, we talked about his switch from defense to offense and okay about how he can lift a thousand pounds that's exciting. I heard y'all talking about number 99. Were you ever like in the locker room just chilling and you're like, my number is higher, therefore better than everybody else in this room? Yeah. And, but on, <laughs> on picture day, it sucked because I was always at the very, very back. Oh, yeah. Fair it's, enough. It's always numerical order. Fair enough. Well, what did you think about your role in the offense? I mean, you got more and more playing time as, as your career developed at, at Auburn. What uh, I mean, your role is not necessarily the – the fun, sexy, hey, I get a lot of attention role, but you seem yeah. to do it well. Exactly. I just kind of, I've always just kind of been the guy that, you know, I embrace doing the things that a lot of people won't want to do. And yeah, I think that there's a lot of like jobs or a lot of like money to be made in roles like that that you can do, whether it's in sports or not. Like there's a lot of people that just don't want to do the hard stuff and the stuff that you don't get any glory from. But yeah. Whatever. I just kind of always embraced it. And I've always just said that. I'll do whatever I can to help us win. Well, and, and Auburn's had some guys that did really well in that role. I, mean, uh, I assume you have a relationship with Chandler Cox, and then uh, going back a little bit farther, I mean, Jay Proch, I mean, those guys, uh, 
Chandler's still in the league, and uh, I'm not sure if Jay is now currently or not. But, I mean, that that has to be a good feeling, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, me and Chandler are really close. Um, what do you think about the Cox cat? The Cox cat? Yeah. What do, you, what do you bet uh, when he lined up at quarterback to get the snap? Oh. <laughs> Were you in the room when they, that was drawn up? Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know about getting drawn up, but yeah, they, they introduced it. And it's actually funny because my freshman year, that was like one of my only plays that I would like play on was the one that he was at quarterback. What did y'all call it? Uh, like a, it was like a spinner, I think, or something like that. Because like okay. his, his high school, they did like a little wildcat with him where he would like spin and they would like confuse people. But it, it wasn't as successful here. So when they introduced it, was everybody pumped up about it? We're like, this is totally going to work. Mm, not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, just talking about your role with the team and, and, and the guys you had a relationship with, I assume the coach you had the most time with was your position coach, right? Was that uh, Coach Porter? Yeah, Coach Porter. He's the guy, uh, Coach Larry Porter is probably the guy that we talk about the least. So mm-hmm. t- tell us a little bit about him, your thoughts on him, and kind of how he uh, how he approaches the position and how he approaches uh, kind of coaching you guys each and every day. So he's he's a real, like, detail-oriented guy. Like, every little thing matters, whatever. He's great at, like, whatever. Sometimes, like, he obviously would, like, get on your nerves, but that's what any good coach will do, you know? So, like, he's, like, whatever, get, get the most out of all of his guys. And yeah. He does a great job, like, motivating and whatever, teaching, like, the little very fine and, like, small details that they really matter in the end. And he's big on you doing them over and over and over and over, and it's just habit once you get in the game or get further down the road. They brought him in. Malzahn hired him and kind of touted his ability to recruit. I know you weren't recruited by him, but could you see him really relating well to, to guys? Yeah, he, I think he, he does a really good job really? recruiting. Yeah, he's got a great personality, and you know, I, I enjoy him a lot. And Malzahn's put a lot of emphasis on recruiting, and apparently he's a really good recruiter and a really good personable guy. From a media standpoint, we see Malzahn kind of coming across as a robot. But apparently all these guys absolutely love him. What is your relationship with Gus like? Uh, I mean, we're, we've gotten pretty close, especially this year. We've gotten a lot closer. But, I mean, he's he's a cool guy. I think he's like funny. He's got, like, dry humor. which like, He's like a dad joke kind I of guy, love, right? Yeah, I think it's funny. I think a lot of like, – What's the funniest thing that he's ever done with you? Can you think of anything? I'm putting you on the spot here. Mm. What do, you, what, what do you think he would think about your your nickname, the Swiss Army Knight? Uh, he'd probably say that it's it's stupid because he just calls me ninety nine, and he'll never call me anything else. Were you? <laughs> I know you were a walk on ninety nine. I love it. Were you a preferred walk on? Like, uh, were you recruited to come here, or did you just show up at Auburn and go to the tryout and and you know play as a, a true freshman, like you said? No, I. Uh... I was a preferred walk-on. So I, I kind of didn't know how all that worked, like the preferred walk-on stuff and how like, easier hard it was to get. And so I just came up here to a, a spring practice and told them like, that I wanted to play or I wanted to be a preferred walk-on. And they were like, you got it. Like, what, uh, what, what helped you make that decision? When did you were like, okay, I want to be at Auburn? Uh, I kind of I grew up an Auburn fan. So my grandparents, they still live in Montgomery. And my mom, like whatever, they lived there for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And they taught at Auburn and Montgomery, and I just kind of grew up an Auburn fan. Like okay. I remember watching like all the games. That, that 2010 season was awesome. That was like my seventh grade year or something. That's so crazy. I, okay. Yeah. So I grew up, and I just always wanted to come here. 
That's cool. Yeah, I mean, some of the guys that are coming in now, like they were like super young, and they're like, "Yeah, I grew up watching Cam play." I'm like, "Whoa, that's crazy." That's crazy. yeah. That made me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't often happen. Uh, I hear a lot of former players talk about Ryan Russell and the strength and conditioning program at Auburn. Uh, I assume with you you coming in and being in it for four years. I imagine you're, you've are you gained a lot of weight, the good weight, and and gained a lot of size. No? Uh, I've actually... Your head no. Did you already talk about that? Yeah, he lost weight. Really? Yeah, because I was playing defensive line when I got here. So I was up at like 290, and then once I transitioned, I started to lose weight. And so do they sit down with you and say, all right, this is what we want your body to be like two years from now? Do they do that? Yeah, or do you some just, guy, do, they, do they just kind of tell you like what to do when you do it? It depends on the guy. Like if there's somebody who's real far off or like has, you know, like not like the best body makeup, I guess. But, yeah. like, so there's a lot of guys who, like, they'll, like, monitor what they eat and, like, they sit down and tell them, like, you need to gain, you need to lose. But I just kind of, like, always did it a little bit on my own because, like, I kind of knew and whatever. I was always at, like, a pretty good range for, like. So did you eat pretty lean when you had to do that? Um, Were you, like, pounding chicken breasts and stuff? It wasn't anything, like, extremely serious. Actually, these past, like, two or three months that I've been – whatever prepping for pro day and stuff is like probably the most that I've like focused on what I eat and it's kind of crazy because it it like eating nutrition is like such a huge part of like a lot of people think you just go to the gym like that's how you're going to lose weight yeah burning calories but like what you eat has so much more to do yeah. with it yeah what you put in that's important the how fuel. how important do you think that that you know head of the strength and conditioning program is to a program you know I'm not sure if you heard, but Scott Cochran is leaving Alabama and people are freaking out about it. How important do you think that is having been in a college strength and conditioning program? Yeah, I think that you you really got to have like the right guy and the right guys down there because you're spending you spend so much time with them. Like outside of the season, you're really not with your coaches a whole lot at all because they're like recruiting and they don't they only have like a, a limited amount of time with you. So, like, those guys, and they really, like, whatever, our strength and conditioning staff and Coach Russell does, like, a great job. They're just, like, the most consistent guys. That they don't let you, like, slack off in the offseason and stuff, and I think that it's, like, real important for sure. Looking at – you can go ahead, bud. I was going to ask how, uh, you know, you often hear these strength and conditioning coaches are just insane people. Um, there's the one at Northwestern who, like, in the snow is always in his cutoff and, like, screaming and yelling and – do you have any fun strength and conditioning coach stories for us? You ever killed somebody in front of you? <laughs> Not yet, no. <laughs> but honestly, no. I, I don't think that. Pretty normal guy. Yeah, we don't have anybody who's like. He's pretty intense, though, right? Could do anything too crazy. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're all real, whatever, straight. Yeah. Straight and narrow. But I, I don't think we have any crazy stories or anything funny like that happened. There's the one, at, the guy at Oregon, I think, is also a crazy person. Um, there's quite a few of them who are like, they do specials on ESPN about them because they're just so strange human beings. Yeah. They're like so fired up all the time. Yeah. They're like, nothing's bringing them down kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And what's funny about like, they, cause they're the guys who like keep the coaches back, you know, on the mm-hmm. sidelines, sure. always the head strength coach and on most places that do it. So that's yeah. always whatever kind of funny. Cause he just follows them around and like <laughs> the hold back pull, guy. Pulls them back yeah. The hold back belt. guy. Like yeah. that is his job. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, Spencer, talking about um, just kind of the, the football program now as a whole and, and moving forward, a big part of what your position was is helping clear the way for uh, for running backs. And moving forward, Auburn's got a lot of really talented running backs back there. 
in, in your mind, is is there a guy that's a favorite in your mind going forward? Yeah, not to put you on the spot or anything, but who's going to start a running back for Auburn next year? <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. There's, I think it's C.J. Williams. Um, what do you think? I'm not sure because I, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of guys who got, haven't gotten to like play a whole lot yet, so I think it can be really interesting. And I think like I think the best system is when you have like, multiple people who can play at any time and be productive. So hopefully that's what happens. But I, I couldn't tell you who's going to be the guy at all. Did you ever turn on your uh, high school highlight tape for Derek Brown and be like, see, this is how you do it. This is it right here. Yeah, did you ever coach Derek Brown up? Um, I mean, we came in together and – you know, I, I came in, like, whatever. We're, like, great. We're great friends now. And as soon as we got here, we, we were great friends. But I came in with, like, the mentality because I was, like, extremely under-recruited, and I was just sure. pissed off pretty much. And so I came in, and, I, like, before I got here, I, I hated him. I, I was just like, screw that guy, you know. <laughs> but, no, like, that's awesome. we're, like, really good friends now because yeah. that's just, I don't know. Who else are you close to on the team right now? Um, I mean, I, I live with Will Appleton. He's graduated now. Sure. Uh, me and Will Hastings are real close. And honestly, like the entire senior class we have is just like super close. Like that's that. awesome. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It's, a lot of us graduated together, but that's what I'm going to miss more than anything is definitely just like all the guys and like how much we just mess around and joke around in the locker room and stuff. Sure. There's a lot of talk about Auburn's quarterback. Now it's starting to kind of become national chatter with, you know, Bo Nix being one of the few guys to, to return in the conference there's all these stories about like how much of like a football junkie he is. Do you see that? I mean, is that guy always in there watching film, or is some of that a little overblown? Yeah, he's he's a huge football guy. He knows he knows more than, especially your average eight nineteen year old kid. Really, absolutely. The guy. I mean, he knows like everything. He's he's really football minded. Whatever his dad being who he is, he grew up and he just learned so much and whatever. He's all he always impresses me just as a freshman. Whatever he did a really good job of. Kind of like taking control and like yeah. showing that he's comfortable with everything. When he came in, and I mean, obviously there's a lot of chatter from from our standpoint on who was going to win the quarterback battle. Was it kind of obvious when you were in the practice? I mean, was was Bo the better guy, hands down? Um, it, it took a while. We actually, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not like a huge like I don't know how to evaluate, but I think you're that, just hitting people. <laughs> yeah, but I also think that whatever a lot of it has to do with like. Sometimes what they can do in their live, but I think that yeah, Bo was he he could throw the ball the best out of everyone for yeah. sure. Good stuff from Spencer. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we will play the rest of our conversation uh, in a podcast either later this week or early next week. Actually, not positive when we're going to play that. We'll hold on to it, but uh, let us know what you think. And if you like these former player interviews, reach out to us, and we will um we'll get more guys on. He was kind of um, I don't know. We just talked about him a lot, and so I think it was kind of fitting that he was our first guy our f- first former player of this offseason. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, like we said in the interview, he's kind of our our, our spirit animal uh, <laughs> on this podcast. And and like I had said, Zach said, Zad, um, I'm Zad. let us know if you like the interview. But more importantly, reach out on Twitter to uh, to the Swiss Army Nye. Yeah, and, at Spencer Nye on Twitter. Very simple. And, and thank him for coming on. To let him know that you... Uh, you liked hearing from him because that stuff matters. He'll be uh, more likely to come on in the future. And and if anyone asks him about coming on the podcast, he'll be like, well, the listeners were super nice to me afterwards. Yeah, so that'd be awesome. Do it. And uh, please congratulate him on his Lopa. I think he would appreciate that as well. You can follow Michael on Twitter at CouchPapTato. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Yeah.
It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 